Hey guys, this is Shreyas. Hey guys, I'm Sudeep. And I am Shlok. We are the hosts of This Week in Tech, a series where we talk about the latest tech happenings and provide our thoughts regarding the same. So, without any further ado, let us start with This Week in Tech. We have a lot to talk about with a few interesting topics. The first one being that somebody stated that if you are a Samsung user, you should never buy a Note series or a S series device for full price. And now the Note series is available for 69,000 rupees without offers and 63,000 rupees with offers. So any thoughts, Yes, because you are the Samsung user. <laughs> so it actually depends on the category of uh, the device because I... The only uh, Samsung device I own is a Tab, as you guys might know if you follow us. So in that yep. case, I would like to say that the Tab S6 has saw zero rupee uh, depreciation over a year now, like almost a year now. So in that case, it's not completely true. But yes, for the S and Note series, we often see that because there the sales figures really matter a lot and the company revenue, revenue is uh, largely impacted. So that is a common trend and we see a repeat of that right now. And also I would like to say that we usually say it for Samsung flagships, but are we really considering the Note 20 as a flagship? No. <laughs> to be frank, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, another question that arises is like, because this question I'm more importantly asking because you're a... Uh, uh, OnePlus 8 Pro user and the OnePlus 8 Pro costs around 56,000, right? For the base one. 55. Yeah, 55. So there's still like, an, with the offers, there's like a 8,000 rupee gap between the Note 20 and the OnePlus 8 Pro. And do you think like a rational consumer should just go for the Note 20 because of the Samsung brand? Or do you think the 8 Pro is much better? So, uh, personally, obviously, I would lean towards the 8 Pro. I have my personal reasons. Uh, It's for the consumers to understand what is more important to them. Like, Samsung have got some things absolutely spot on. Uh, Some people are very much inclined towards an extreme amount of customization on their skin, which Samsung does offer. OnePlus does not have it to that extent. And other uh, features, like few things, if you're in the Galaxy ecosystem, honestly, I feel Samsung devices are very useful if you are in that system, like uh, similar to the Apple ecosystem. Also niche features like Samsung Pay, Secure Folder, um, you know, the support with Galaxy watches. These are things you cannot enjoy on other devices. So if that is a priority, definitely people, if this is a good price point to get an almost flagship pricing for uh, for a Samsung product. So that's my opinion. Yeah, but you would prefer the 8 Pro, right? Because that OnePlus thing. See, uh, I do not value, like I definitely value Samsung Pay, but that is all. But am I going to compromise my whole experience for one feature? No, that is the only rationale I have for leaning towards the 8 Pro. And it gives way more value. You can consider that uh, the Note 20 comes with a 60 hertz screen. And it's a 1080p yeah. display. It's a glass body construction. Uh, sorry, um, it's a plastic body plastic. construction. The bezel, if you see in a very objective way, the bezels seem more visible. The camera cutout is bigger. So there are a lot of, and also let's not forget it comes with the Exynos 990. 
Thermal <laughs> throttling is a big issue. <laughs> so these are my reasons for leading towards the 8 Pro, but I can completely understand why people might lean towards Samsung, especially when you are a legacy user. It's very tough to switch out because honestly, that is kind of the reason why I am sticking to Oxygen OS as well. Yeah. So hmm. with that out of the way, did Sudeep have to say something? No, no, no. I have the same views as Shreyas. That's okay. No, okay. So just one thing before we close out, like just based on a price thing, do you think that like the Note Twenty was launched at seventy-seven thousand rupees, which is just ridiculous to price like this kind of a device? But do you think at sixty-three k, it's still worth it or? Is it still rather a bit uh, overpriced? No, like how you know, um, like if you're a Samsung user, if you've been a Samsung user, or if you've been using it for a long time, I think you would actually be okay with it. And I think that's how I talk about the Note Twenty. The features are really not that great, but yeah, that's how I see it. yeah moving on like i have played it i think sudeep has played it maybe even shreyas has played it you guys know pubg right yes. okay i'm asking a i'm asking a stupid question sorry don't don't leave the podcast guys but yeah basically pubg was banned around i think a month ago time really does not work with me nowadays because pandemic i can't keep up with time anymore but yeah pubg was banned like uh, i think a month ago uh, with like 170 more apps and recent news sources state that blue hole which is the company that uh, is like the supplier for pubg or the maker of pubg sorry a south korean brand blue hole they are now going to partner with jio to distribute the game for those unaware earlier tencent used to distribute the game and basically it seems like tencent is not having a good year as i'd like to say so what are your thoughts on that like a possible geo plus pubg thing like sudeep what are your thoughts on that it's good actually i mean uh, a lot of people miss the game and pubg is actually not something which i didn't like or something like that it was good and i think it's great if it comes back with geo t- taking the distribution i mean a lot of people wanted to come back and even though people you know felt that you know uh, uh rating the specification of a phone with a game like you know playing pubg entering it plays pubg this way was bad i think that was one of the few things that you could do to you know know how well the phone could actually perform so yeah, the, if it comes back i just feel it, it's great what are thoughts on this shreyas because we know you like you are like a professional gamer kind of stuff like you do play pc games so as a mobile gamer what are your thoughts on this like basically the thing that surprises me like i won't say it out loud because i shouldn't but still like we know that the indian government is coming up with 4g right and like we know indian government jio that's all i'll say so do you think what makes sense if you look at it from the viewpoint of the makers of 4g Uh, okay first of all i am not a pro gamer but yes i am to i lean towards pc games because i feel they are more interactive and challenging <laughs> i am not a huge fan of mobile gaming because you might call me old school in that way 
but yes, I have played PUBG and it's quite interesting. And it's not about how the game is because honestly, I don't prefer it as a quality game. But in terms of how people embraced it and the number of people using that platform, it was really important. And obviously, a lot of people got affected due to it getting banned. To be very honest, let's say streamers or professional players, or let's even say we had all India on even world championships where India did represent at some stage or the other. So in that way, it is a definite, you know, loss. Uh, I am not sure how the problem gets solved with Geo coming in as a distributor, because in no way is Tencent going away as a stakeholder or a shareholder in that company or in that service, rather, I would say. So the only thing is basically you are just rebranding the whole package and selling it as something else. So it's kind of similar to how Maggie was banned and was brought back for, you know, not clear reasons. <laughs> it yep. seems kind of like... <laughs> That's a very good analogy. <laughs> and uh, to be honest about 4G, I mean, the things we have seen is actually either not the exact gameplay or uh, what will be there in the game. Rather, we have seen what it is trying to be. So there is nothing substantial there as well. So we have no idea how to assess this. We are just looking at a lot of ambitious efforts and ideas. But we have seen zero execution till this point, at least as far as I know. There might be more developments. So that's my opinion. So I feel like it is kind of it was kind of inevitable given the not i would not say fan base but the user base user base of pubg was with something very powerful and massive because in this kind of a business model your user base wins be it any social i feel pubg is more of a social media platform uh, yeah. in some sort and not exactly a esports platform only so that way social media platforms solely depend on their user base it is very important and obviously the stakeholders at PUBG realized it and to enter a market like India where we are having such political unrest due to other issues I feel it's just a rebranded package and nothing very different so if this does happen I feel it was kind of pointless to ban it in the first place that's my personal opinion Exactly, because like we saw the news articles, right? Like I was working on a story on this and the biggest thing is that if you look at the fine print, the reason that they gave for banning PUBG was they did not find any discrepancy. They suspected that there could be a chance of data steering, like nothing was proved. They just banned it. That was quite unnecessary, at least in my opinion. See, data breaching or, uh, you know, uh, data being acquired in any way, I mean, it's very fishy because we are willingly giving data to other uh, companies which are based out of EU or US or any other part of the world. Uh, I understand politically it might be a, you know, concern if Chinese, uh, you know, government gets access to data, but that's equally dangerous with even allied countries in my country. So it becomes political you can say that it could be a propaganda to you know cover up some other news etc etc but anyway i feel that ultimately it's just kills its own purpose so i feel it was a mere distraction to be honest okay before we turn into the 
why PUBG was banned podcast. Let's move <laughs> it on to something that may trigger Sudeep. Sorry, Sudeep, I'm bringing this up, but Realme is back. I feel like every week we're going to have to talk about Redmi and Realme. It's going to be <laughs> Redmi and Realme rant podcast. But no, on a serious note, Realme is back as of the day we're shooting. Uh, in a, in three days, we're going to see Realme launch three devices. Like one was not enough. Three devices, the Narzo 20, the Narzo 20A and the Narzo 20 And the Narzo 20 Pro features a 65 watt charger for 17k rupees. As of the leak by Flipkart, because Flipkart is messed up and like every few days they'll something. I think they they, they even by mistake listed the gold. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, so they're really messing it up. Yeah, today they basically said Narzo 20 Pro, the tagline that Realme has starting from 16999. So they basically revealed it. And I won't get into the spec side because I have a different question. But the basic spec is it's a Realme 7 with a 65 watt charger instead of a 30 watt charger and a different design. But the bigger question I wanted to ask you guys is like we are seeing this trend, right? Like earlier I complained about how Sudeep also said like how there are minor incremental upgrades. But the second question, this is also a minor incremental upgrade. Like, we're going to have to pay 2000 extra for a different design and 65 watt charging. But now my question is, like, we are reaching the top of what can be achieved for that price, right? Because you can't get a 125 watt charger for 20,000 rupees. Like, that is not feasible. So, the future, like, even, like, in six months, because Realme being Realme will launch a successor to the Nazo 20 series in six months. What do you think will be left to improve? Like, do you think, the basic question, now I'm coming to the basic question, like we saw the performance going up, we saw the display going up, we saw the charging speed going up. Do you think, like, in the future, just because of this incremental upgrade thing, brands will have to, like, upgrade the haptic motors and, like, the speakers and stuff, like, stuff that they usually ignore, but that does add up to the experience? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yes, what's your thought, See, again, I mentioned in the last podcast as well. You guys should hear it out, maybe check it out. So anyway, the thing is that ultimately, I feel the goal is to get more smartphones in the hands of maximum users. Because if you look into the history of Xiaomi, Xiaomi in no way announced that, you know, they're going to include apps in MIUI when it first came out. They just did it. So, I mean, I feel like it's similar. Like, even in today's world, if we see that 25,000 rupee phones are not getting ads, for example, they might get it one year down the line. And that time, more people will have those 25,000 rupee phones. Yep. So, like, do you think we will... Basically, I messed up the question. The basic... I'm saying basic a lot. Sorry, guys. But yeah, the reason I'm asking this is like we're seeing like boundaries being made. Like how better can you get after some time? So do you think this will backfire in some way? Like a brand will ultimately have to reach a point to which after that they will have to say that we can't upgrade anymore. Do you think that in the future, like we will see these incremental upgrades decrease because there is nothing left to upgrade? Thoughts? No, I mean, for now... 
I think as as of right now, we've reached a saturation point in the budget market. We've exactly. wanted more and more and more, and we have achieved a point where we have all we can under the price. And I feel like right now, the models and the different specification variants they're releasing are just you know to cover up the market in different prices. Like just like in the last video, I told you, uh, you guys can go give it a listen. I told that Redmi basically has the entire twenty k to 7k market in every single price range like 7k 8k 9k and so on so yeah. that's what they're trying to do i just feel like at this point that's all they've reached a saturation point you can't bring anything new and this 65 watt fast charging seems like a new thing and and i'm not sure how this is actually possible for 17,000. but this realme 7 pro has it at 20,000, right yep yeah so i think it's Understandable because the specification-wise, the you know the NASA 20 Pro might be different. So yeah, but I think overall we've reached a saturation point for now. But in the future, I guess there still can be space. You know, there's uh, you know prices to take under uh, consideration, the overall market which expands, the amount of you know the uh, production quantity. There's a lot which goes into consideration. So. For now, I just feel like we're saturated, but in the future, maybe, yes, you can see new stuff. I'm not saying we're stagnant and saturated for like a very long time. We can see changes. Yep. So I would like to add something over here. Moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, no issues. <laughs> so uh, there are two sides to it. Okay. One, I feel like this will lead to two things. We will start as a market, especially in India, because we do not see this aggressive competition outside India as much, True. apart from maybe True. China. All right. Mm. Because we, these two markets, two things. One is that these two markets are still growing in terms of number of users year on year, because yep. other places mm. it has stagnated in terms of users. So you have more mm. uh, you know, products and price ranges to fill, number one. Number two, why I feel that these uh, technologies are becoming cheaper is obviously because of scale. Since the previous, yeah, that's what even I said. Yeah, the previous phones are selling that much. The technology can be made cheaper. Number one. Mm. Number two is obviously you're uh, increasing your brand base, and it's called something as a customer acquisition cost, which you take a loss on slightly initially. So that is also being fulfilled. Now, what I'm fearful about is that new technology or something really uh, good when it is priced high, like let's just say a $2,000 Galaxy Z Fold 2, will be really not valued as much because we see actual innovation, which obviously comes at a cost, but due to lack of scale and this market existing uh, you know, as a majority, we will undermine that and we will see lack of innovation due to people being stuck into this uh, price range of the market because that's simply how businesses work. And that is something that worries me. And But let's also consider that if, let's say the opposite uh, you know, scenario, which is that people adopting folding phones and paying that early premium, we can again see that new technology in the terms of, let's just say that folding phones are the future. Let's consider that. We can see folding phones uh, become cheap and five years down the line, we could have it at a, you know, 35, 50K price range. That's a win for the consumer as yep. well. True. So like you don't think that uh, the whole upgrade stuff will be dead, right? See, we will always have some new technology. So we yeah, yeah, these yeah. things. 
and sometimes gimmicks like clearly quad camera is a you know trend right now a very infectious trend and a very harmful trend honestly speaking but we see a few like good amoled displays coming down high refresh amoled displays then we see higher battery capacities then we see like charging technology so next what we will have to see whatever scales up will come down in a cheaper price so obviously given that people invest and reaching that scale only will make this happen so even the mid range consumers will be happy and we will see innovation as well so i feel the balance is important moving on the next topic we have is something that i feel shreyas should talk about because to be frank i read about it but i didn't get any sense of it because i'm literally not quite like into all this stuff but somebody help me how do you pronounce the n v i d i a i don't want to get roasted and spelling it out somebody explain please is it nvidia or is it's it nvidia 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 that's it yeah so nvidia yep nvidia bought arm mm. yes please yeah, i would like to see your this yep <laughs> So uh it's quite simple. So what I'm worried about is mainly Huawei over here because Huawei was trying mm. to settle everything but since Nvidia is a US based company and if <laughs> Nvidia holds majority stocks in uh technology like ARM uh, based on which every mobile chipset is right now functioning on it will be a huge blow to Huawei and basically I feel in the next couple of years it will kind of drive them out of business unless some arrangements other arrangement is yeah. this is impact number 1 according to me the other thing which i'm concerned about is we know how qualcomm chips the flagship qualcomm chips are getting really expensive year by year right so arm is basically a technology owned by a company so arm licenses other companies like let's say qualcomm mediatek apple to use their technology to build their own chips these right. chips are again made by other chip makers like tsmc and ssmc who are based out of taiwan but anyway this is the whole thing now if nvidia decides right now that they want to raise the licensing fees of any of their technology it will directly impact the production cost the cost to company and ultimately cost to consumer so i am i was really concerned like i am really relieved in a way that apple is not one of the people uh, one of the companies who acquired uh, you know arm because then it would be a dead monopoly over there and we would really suffer as consumers and i'm not clear right now nvidia has committed to having a similar licensing structure as it was before because arm is kind of becoming the future as we want low energy consumption uh, devices with always on connection that is the kind of the future although x86 and other like intel or amd chips exist so that's what the concern is the whole point over here is if i mean in one way arm was initially owned by softbank like majority uh, share was owned by softbank which is a chinese company so i think in some way uh, softbank was going through a financial issue because of which they were putting arm on the market 
and NVIDIA bought it. Now, how NVIDIA uses this is the question because it's really unclear right now. So we have to wait, but NVIDIA basically has the power to change the pricing of your future smartphones and smart home products or any smart product for that instance. Mm -hmm. That's the main impact. Yeah. Okay. So as I said, to be frank, I really don't understand this. So yeah, I'm gonna look like an idiot, but I don't have any thoughts. Sorry, guys. No, the only thing. Sudeep, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, yeah. No, like the only thing even, even I was confused about was one of the points Shreya told. What is their, you know, motive of acquiring a arm and what's it all about? That was the thing for me. Like he asked. So yeah, that's there, but yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to something that really hit hard. OnePlus Buds got sealed by CBP and it's not funny people. Like Twitter, people on Twitter are making fun of it. It's actually sad for OnePlus Buds user. I felt quite, quite bad that like, basically for those unaware, CBP just uh, seized 2000 units of the one that those are fake AirPods. When people pointed out that they weren't, they said no, they violate for Apple's whole thing of like whole agreement of the copyright thing. So, okay, I'm rambling now, but sorry guys. So yeah, basically they said they were right in seizing it and the OnePlus Buds 2000 units just got uh, sealed by CBP guys. So what are thoughts on that guys? Because <laughs> it's just sad. No, I mean, uh, it's just obnoxious that they thought that anything is Apple. That's the first thing even everyone was complaining about. You know, Twitter or any news article, they were saying everything is not Apple. And I think that's how everything was. And this shows that not everybody's, you know, technologically updated. Like, not everyone knows that there is a brand called OnePlus which sells phones even in US or like products like these. And I feel it's kind of stupid because it isn't like a clone which has no name on it and looks like a you know AirPods. It has the OnePlus planning right over there. It obviously has all the you know the details it needs to have. And if it's coming in yep. such a bulk amount, and it has the branding it needs to have on it, and I don't know how they felt that this was an Apple, you know, fake. It's really funny actually, but yeah, that to one point I don't think not everybody are updated. Not funny. With <laughs> it's not funny, guys. Again, I'm telling you guys, I lose it now. Nobody make fun of OnePlus buds now. <laughs> I feel bad now. Yes, what do you think about this incident? My only problem is if this was a violation and was undertaken by, you know, taken into consideration about violation of licensing property or patents made by Apple, then how come the US marketplace has so many AirPods, literally, you know, dimension wise uh, copy clones of AirPods existing on yep. a US based? Uh, platform like Amazon because I personally checked yeah. that as well because I was like these do exist and even the US YouTubers cover it and I went ahead and checked on Amazon US specifically after this happened Amazon.com uh, as well and there are at least like the first page will be filled with it and honestly there are like literally uh, $20 till like $100 alternatives to airport Yep, yep, yep. And they matched dimensionally ditto. 
which the OnePlus don't. Exactly. But I feel like this was another political take as well in some form. Exactly. I don't want to say it, but this felt aimed at OnePlus because of its roots. Yes. But, uh, I mean, I don't want to comment. Like, it's just, I mean, uh, it's not stupid, but it's just it's quite fishy. It's not fishy, it's just stupid. Yeah. Like, you see, and the basic thing is, they at least, everybody that makes, like, knockoff uh, AirPods makes it in white. It couldn't have been just white OnePlus buds. Like, they must have included at least the not blue variant. And that, like, the biggest thing I don't understand is, like, there's little branding of OnePlus. Yeah, 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 that's what you want to say. That is all I'd but, say. But one of the things I told you, yeah, so... Yep, nobody knows OnePlus. That's true. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. That's but, true. like, not everybody is, you know, updated about all of this. Yep, OnePlus doesn't have any good foothold in the US. Like, uh, in one of the podcasts or something, uh, somebody was saying, even in 2020, if you want to buy a OnePlus phone, you need to know what the brand is. You need to watch our MKBSD video. <laughs> Like, OnePlus isn't there in the US. I don't think that's the main focus. But what I meant was that not everybody is updated with technology. Like, not everybody knows there are different, you know, brands like OnePlus or Oppo who even sell in US. So, yeah. No, I get that. I get the first part. But the second thing, like the retaliation that they did, that it was in violation, that (laughs) was stupid. That's all I'll say. And now I have to move on, otherwise I'll just keep on ranting. Sorry, guys, for this 10-minute rant. The next thing is Apple event. I have made a video about it, guys. Just check it out, self-plug. I don't want to talk about Apple anymore. But uh, Shreyas had a lot of thoughts. He did a live stream as well, which was quite informative. But Shreyas, could you just give us a brief, like a five-minute version of what happened in the Apple event? Five minutes is also too long. I will try to keep it small, <laughs> shorter. <laughs> okay, that is <laughs> okay. So basically, we had a new range of uh, Apple watches and iPads. Uh, obviously, it's interesting. They brought in a new feature, which was a hardware addition, which was the SPO2, uh, you know, module in the uh, series. So, uh, apart from that, there was some software, uh, another hardware change, which was the system on chip for the Apple Watch as well, which was the S6 chip, as they call it. Seems to be more energy efficient and powerful. Not that the previous ones were a slouch, but still good. The next thing is they made some modifications to the displays, uh, the always-on displays, brighter. The main highlight I would say from the consumer perspective would be the Apple Watch SE, which is a more affordable Apple Watch, almost like the Series 5, but uh, you know, minus the cardiogram, ECG uh, functionality and the SpO2 functionality. And I believe it also does not have the always-on display. Um, no, I, it doesn't have the always-on display. Yeah, so from the... Uh, it all comes out of ECG. I think you said that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I mean, it's a good roundup. I feel it's like a simple refresh as expected. But yeah, introduction of the Apple Watch SE will be beneficial and interesting to a lot of consumers. That's a good thing. 
apart from that small things like introduction of new bands etc solo loop i don't know how many get, people get bothered by that uh, you know what band but okay blurs <laughs> but okay 100 dollars yeah i can't get over how expensive that that's is that's the secondary thing i'm sure people who are buying into it do not care as much and apple knows that but anyway keeping that aside yep um the inter- another interesting product which was uh, which were the ipads we another uh, we got another range of uh, the you know gen named ipads which is the yeah 8th gen app, uh, ipad uh, as it's being called if i'm correct it comes at a very affordable price yeah, somewhere yeah. around 300 dollars if i'm correct 289 or something 300 with offers 329 regularly all right and in india it's 30k all right but anyway i would like to definitely say that guys 32 gb for uh, that much price so asterix <laughs> i would never consider that the starting price and the next step up is the 128 gb version which you know calculate your pricing accordingly but the most interesting part was the ipad air 3 if i may call i'm not sure about the official naming so i don't remember i think it's just the ipad okay, air the newest ipad oh, air the ipad air yeah 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 so the latest ipad air was the most uh, you know crowd pleasing product i believe so i felt True. to put it very simply it's an ipad pro minus face id and pro motion display right. so i feel that's the easiest way to define it and i feel it's a good enough description and people who were looking for a better or more affordable uh, version of the ipad pro this is a really good choice for them and similarly they smartly made a smart keyboard cover for them or, uh, for the new ipads uh, ipad air as well because that is exactly how you would want your ipad pro so i feel this was a interesting uh, product category especially in the us i am not really impressed by the indian pricing but that's always the case yes well you took a 5 minutes so you're not that fast <laughs> flash but yeah the thing that i want to point out is like most of the indian people as well are like spirit to sense spirit to sense guys it was there on a honor band for the last 2 years so basically the series like, 6 is not even upgrade to be honest it's not even like a proper update it's just the that sensor that's it everything else is literally the same and those colors <laughs> and you have an extra bit of brightness on yeah. that uh, you know aod always on display that's it that's hey, it that's it's 2.5 it's 2.5 times brighter stated by apple so don't make fun of apple products if you want to have a more apple fan boys if you want to have a more fun episode about that on live streaming uh, you know on the day of recording but if you guys want to watch back that episode i hope it will be similar as well <laughs> yep you guys can check that out or should i say tag that out okay lame so yeah the whole stuff apple event very good people were disappointed john prosser got to keep his eyebrows that's all yeah got news so yeah and okay it was a good event the best thing i liked was the transitions man those transitions really good at it really really good at it so yeah.
the like not at one point did it feel like it was cringy or it was slow like cringe will happen there was some cringes like the no still apple did not cringe as much as samsung samsung was on another level yeah but yeah ranting <laughs> otherwise this episode seems like a rant episode <laughs> there are with a season i believe yep moving on to another thing that got ranted about a lot Marcus Brownlee or as some of you may be knowing him BMKBHD one of the best YouTubers in my opinion uh, got a bit of a flack this uh, this week because he reviewed or he reviewed oh man what am i saying he interviewed Mark Zuckerberg the CEO of Facebook some of you may be knowing him but uh, the thing was people were upset that there were mostly soft questions and like Marcus did not interview him properly and stuff but the i don't want to get into that otherwise i'm just making this a ramp rant episode now but the thing was that uh, mark talked about a lot of interesting stuff he talked about how vr is the future ar is the future and he talked about how tablets will go extinct in a few years how phones will go extinct how televisions will not make sense because if it's in vr we all can watch it like live and stuff like he talked about a lot of stuff so i hope you guys watched the interview yeah i did yeah even i did what are thoughts on that no first of all i mean uh, there's a clear disclaimer in the start of the video that he could allot only 15 minutes to talk about tech talk, yeah exactly. talk about tech and this is obviously not uh, you know enough time for him to discuss anything and everything and marcus is a reviewer he is a content creator he's not a politician he's not a journalist so I don't think anybody should first of all expect him to ask questions they want him to ask like ask, ask yeah questions. like yeah. he's not the you know the state to ask him why receiving my data or stuff those type of questions you want to ask mark he can't do that he's just a content creator he's related to tech and I think he did ask the proper questions he wanted to know what mark knows and thinks about tech and he did well with that 15 minutes time he had I think he did well and I'm pretty sure there's a full podcast which is going to obviously come or is, has it already come no right yep it's already there and that's the uncut 30 minute version and i personally find it better yeah. and just one second before you continue sudeep guys i meant it like uh, like i i know you guys know but i'm putting it out to the audience i'm not like against marquez i found what he asked to be quite accurate i was just stating it so please don't hate on me guys <laughs> Yeah so yeah that's what i felt it's not you know wrong at all that's the thing i want to say he just yeah. asked whatever he could what i loved is that mark really uh, at least got my attention and gave very good points how we are going to consume stuff or you know even touch or feel stuff because i remember mr who's the boss uh, made a video how haptics were going to be a future of you know feeding materials and it completely made sense now obviously we are talking way into the future but unless we have some other you know type of technology coming up which helps fulfill this i see there is a very good chance and it makes sense for his company to invest so heavily into vr and ar because the applications are legit it is just that given the technology and the hardware rather or the situations we have in our communities cities 
in our world, in day-to-day life, it is not very feasible. But that is also what HoloLens from Microsoft tried to do. And that was like, I believe, almost three, four years back. And it's still an enterprise product, but Mark's uh, visual, uh, you know, vision is about bringing it to the normal people. How, you know, to give a very similar analogy, at least according to me, how, you know, how Steve Jobs pictured that, you know, computers were not just for corporates and professional use, but it could be a personal thing and people should have it at their home and at their own disposal. This is somewhat of that sort because VR and AR is being used in a corporate scenario in a lot of ways, especially I am aware of a lot of civil companies using VR to visualize and enhance a lot of their work. So yeah, it makes complete sense that it's not just an entertainment base, but also a mode of consuming media and rather interacting with people in the future because you can literally, the the example of playing cards with others was amazing like it really amazing yeah yeah. that is something you really should think about like a lot of people i know could find it creepy i will not disagree with that but just think about what is being put in to make that happen in real life that is so technologically advanced that's all that's what i'd say yeah it's kind of like you know your uh, sci-fi movie type Exactly what I was thinking, like something of from like the things that they showed in like the Back to Future movies, like something you didn't think could be possible, but when you hear about it, it seems radical, and again, it's so cool. Exactly. Yeah. So moving on, this is something that I want to talk about a bit. I know Sudeep may also have some thoughts. And it's the launch of the PS5. So for those unaware, the PS5 was announced like, I think a month ago. They had an event in August. And they revealed the specs and all. And it's slightly underpowered. Like the PS5 is 10 teraflops. And the Xbox Series X is 12 teraflops. But the teraflop what amount does not matter. A lot of other things go into what matters in a console. But I won't get into the whole like gaming stuff. But the big thing that Sony did is the fact that they announced two versions that was uh, like predefined. We knew that there are two versions. One is with a digital disk drive. uh, One is a digital edition and one is with a disk drive. And the optical disk drive variant costs, it's $499 or $500 equal to what the Xbox Series X costs. And the digital variant is just at $400 which is quite good and it's like $100 more than the Xbox Series X. But when you consider the performance difference, it really makes sense. Okay, that's right. But what are your thoughts on the console itself, guys? Yes. So you go ahead. I spoke a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, uh, I like the Xbox for some reason. I feel like it has more value to it. Oh. Uh, I've played the PS3. I personally not own the PS4. I have only PS3. I've uh, I played it, but like I don't think the PS5 adds value in it compared to Xbox. And I wouldn't say you know having new titles is everything, but Xbox has a lot more titles when compared to PS5 and launching like exclusive titles. But on the other hand, PS5 has you know the titles which everyone have their eye on. I mean, 
you know the Miles Morales, uh, you know, uh, Spider-Man game which is coming. You have the new Harry Potter open world yeah. game which they've announced, which might come for the PS4 and yeah. then to the PC. There's a lot of you know eye-catching titles which PS4 have, but on the other hand, Xbox has a lot of titles. The the number is great over there, but I don't think every game in that line is really you know eye-catching or what the gamers want. Yeah, they delayed uh, the big. Yeah, but uh, on the other hand, the you know the overall pre-ordering stuff is also kind of like a confusion, I guess, in, not just in India. Everywhere it seems to be like a problem, and they were you know being you know teased because they didn't even give out an exact time for the pre-order. And there's memes like you press F and the page still says that you you may pre-order soon and you can't do it. So yeah, that's that. But Xbox, I think, yeah. on the other hand, they managed it really well. They also even put out a tweet teasing PS5 saying, we'll give you the time, don't worry. So yeah, I think both the versions of Xbox yeah. seem more convincing too, at least for me. Okay, the thing that I'd like to win here is that while the Xbox may seem more powerful, like this is something, This I'll, the podcast that I'm going to talk about is going to be featured in this week's content that I like, but the basic thing is you guys may be knowing about like uh, there's a podcast called Untitled Gadget Podcast. Some of the listeners may be knowing about them and it's basically hosted by three hosts. Two of them are writers. I talked about them in the last uh, podcast as well and one of them is a gamer. Like he writes about game articles and the thing that they mentioned is the fact that because the Xbox series is underpowered, like it's not underpowered per se, but in comparison to the Series X and the like, the PS5, it's underpowered. And the thing is that the developers are not paid to like m- develop a game in for three different consoles. They are uh, means they are told to develop a game that will work on three consoles with ease. Mm-hmm. So there's this thing that, according to him, because he's been in the industry for like 10, 15 years, so he's like super into all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that like because the Series S is like in comparison, underpowered to like the, the other ones, the games will be a bit like weaker, even if you play them on like something like a proper gaming PC or the PS5. So, Shreyas, what are your thoughts on that? That's because you're into the whole chipset side. <laughs> so, as I told in my uh, last time on the podcast, also that. The whole thing actually depends, as you also mentioned, on the game developers and how they optimize for that particular mm-hmm. hardware. Now, what I am aware of is that the Xbox Series S itself will have a limit that it can only output, you know, 120 hertz at 1440p. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it has a limit. So, so it's not exactly the game developers having to encode or code their game again but the Xbox will apply that limit whenever it detects, the, the game detects that it's being run on an Xbox Series S. Yes, yeah. See, the, and I feel like in the console department, the you know standard price, the selling price of the console matters a lot. So I, I am pretty sure there will be a good section of people for whom that $100 will matter a lot, but 1440p to 4K won't matter as much because... Maybe they don't have that great TVs. Maybe they don't have 120-hertz TVs as a whole because they're pretty costly right now if you look into the market. So something, someone who is going for a, you know, Xbox Series S will probably not have such a TV. So for them, it will make absolute sense because they can't really 
enjoy the uh, ps5 level graphics in the first place so they would rather save yeah. on the 100 dollars the next thing as i said again last time also the titles will matter a lot there are personal preferences with regard to titles and some are just not available on the other platform that will ultimately be a deciding factor what i feel in this case will be that ps is basically undercutting their own product with the optical drive and selling it at 100 dollars less so i feel like people who have access to decent internet will definitely go for the digital version given that again they're saving on 100 dollars so i feel that yeah i'd like to yeah. yeah i'd like to win here the thing that i noticed about the whole digital edition thing is like there are some people who do not prep, like we know that games which were available for the ps4 will be available for the ps5 as well right and most of the users they have the cd disc stuff like i understand you can't use it with a cd as well but sometimes the thing is uh, like most people who are like budget gamers because in india buying a game console is like a huge commitment like you don't have pay around 40000 rupees usually and it's not something that you have utmost importance of. so some people they buy second hand games and if you have a digital edition you can't buy second hand games you'll have to buy them first hand and like with ps now and is it ps now i think it's ps plus or ps now their online game stuff and there's the, yeah and there's a xbox like what well, i i don't care about the naming scheme but like do you think that second hand gaming market will also play a hand in people saying like when we're paying this much let's just pay a little bit more and get the edi- higher edition so that we can save up in the games I mean, with uh, the no disc variants of both of these, there's one thing to consider the overall space which comes with it. I think uh, someone mentioned this. I think Gaston from you know. Yeah, the space in the Xbox is the, less. The, the, yeah, the Series S actually has less space, so not more than five games can be you know put in it digitally. So you need to have an external SSD which. you can add to the ports they've given you something like that so yeah. that's something you need to consider that's really something you need to consider but on the other hand just like you asked uh, the second hand market obviously as if you buying the you know the uh, full digital version is either you have you have to have an account you have to spend on the games but on the other hand you're spending less on the console itself or you can just buy the you know the with the disc way variant and you know cut down on your games you just can share it with your friend or something there is various perspectives you can uh, look this from and just like shares told with games and even i told that you know different titles different preferences the same go- goes for con- consoles some people just prefer xbox whatsoever that is a very less population i guess but yeah uh, some people just prefer playstation whatsoever because they've been playing on it for a lot of time so yeah, it really depends upon the preference that plus which one do they want which one to and they you know spend on and be not guilty about so yeah everything matters guys yeah so with the ps stuff out of the way i think i'll just i have a i use the ps3 and i've got a bit of a bias for ps so i'll always go ps and i like the ps5's design tbh 
but yeah let's move on to something that shreyas could talk about because this episode is basically i want shreyas to talk about stuff a lot so this is about the rtx 3080 chip and the bigger thing is that uh, it's basically about news then we hear what shreyas has to say about that but the thing is that rtx 3080 is so popular now that it's out of stock everywhere and uh, okay again it's nvidia nvidia, NVIDIA. NVIDIA. I, sorry guys i can't pronounce it right nvidia said like nvidia has changed earlier it was available out of stock now they've given see all buying options like they don't want people to get disheartened at first and people in ebay and stuff they are selling it for like in the us some many people are selling these uh, cards for like 10000 dollars mm. so rather that's a bit of a comic thing but do you think like shreyas has the 2080 ti right no. <laughs> i have the 2070 super oh you have the 2070 super sorry i was I'm a bit confused with the naming scheme. Like the 3070 basically offers performance equal to the 2080 Ti for like 51,000 rupees. So, do you think the hype is worth it? <laughs> see, it's very simple for me. Okay, like I saw a lot of people. See, hype is definitely worth it. Worth it because we see a very radical jump in performance like this is like a generational leap we expect from gen 2 of any product or any technology so there is a lot of tech stuff which is involved in this as well which i don't want to get into details of which actually makes this really really interesting but understand this like i saw a lot of people getting excited oh rtx is you know undercutting and it's so aggressively priced etc but my simple question is the person who could not afford a rtx 2060 before can still cannot afford the 3070 to begin with so the prices did not go down as i told on the last episode as well the only thing that happened is the price to performance value proposition went up so the founders edition is listed at 51000 of the 3070 but we see only the 3080 embargo go off so we saw the 3080 performance and it's comparison to the 3080 uh, ti let's see the 3070 embargo is still to be lifted we have to see the performance but anyway now people who actually want to want rtx technology can afford it because hopefully the existing uh, you know stocks of the 20 2000 series will come down so yeah i mean yeah. i understand completely that people are excited and you know there is a lot of uh, trolling game going on online and even a lot of people ask me you know you have the 2070 super like don't you feel like you should have waited a bit longer and my simple answer is no because i went for the 2070 super given my budget even if i had to afford the uh, you know 370 it would have been way out of my budget even at any point so i would have definitely not stretched do i miss the performance yes absolutely but it's okay i mean i have a 1080p 165 hertz monitor so i mean my gpu would be a total overkill and i should have to invest in that as well so that's my thought okay moving on again i got a topic for shreyas to talk about because <laughs> yes this is the unofficial shreyas talks podcast but the next thing is because shreyas knows a lot about this and he's quite frankly uh, very interested in this that's why i picked this topic 
Titan recently launched watches with uh, like wireless uh, payment support, like the NFC thing, contactless payment mm-hmm. as they call it. And the bigger thing is like we haven't seen a big brand. Like we've seen smartwatches do it, but we've not seen like a proper watchmaker do and India and for cheaper because I think the base one costs three thousand rupees oh, for base uh, watch. Yeah, before we talk about this, there's one main thing. This works only with an SBI card or the SBI bank accounts. This is not going to work with any. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like a singular bank right now. I'm not sure how popular SBI is here in India. I'm really not sure how it with the you know the average consumer who has bank accounts. I'm really not sure. But yeah, this is uh, restricted to that that particular thing. And I think the ma- maximum value you can reach for that you know tap and pay is two thousand. And that's fine. That's not a big deal. But yeah, these are two things I wanted to say. But it's good. It's a start. At least a start somewhere, right? You know, it's still a watch, but you can still do things. I think it's a great thing. But Shreyas, can go. what are your thoughts, Shreyas? Yeah. Yeah, exactly what I was coming to. Like I was going to mention this, so thanks for mentioning it earlier. I it kind of slipped out from my mind, but yeah, that's what I was going to ask uh, both Shreyas and Sudeep. It's like, do you think like this small step? Like some people may be like, it's a small step, but this is at least in my opinion quite big that a big company like Titan is investing in this and had to bring it for the budget range. Like three thousand rupees isn't that expensive if you compare it with other watches. So. That this would be like a step in the further direction for like contactless payment and NFC. The how about you start? Yeah, like just to say, told right now, it is a good step actually. Like at least they're starting somewhere, right? I'm pretty sure that they can. I'm not sure why they chose only one bank. Maybe it's a like a restricting restriction to whatever technology they used or the collaboration they're doing. I'm not sure sure about that, but it is a good step. Obviously, I mean. Uh, a place like US, a lot of people use it there, you know, the Samsung Pay, the Apple Pay, a lot of the, they just have their watch, you know, the actual Apple Watch or the Galaxy Watch, and this, this is, it's so seamless over there, and in a place like India, just like how, I think Shriyash mentioned the reason in the last podcast about why we don't have it here, you know, it's related to RBI and stuff, so yeah, uh, it's good, it's a good step, obviously it's a good step, it's to the right path, but let's see how far uh, watch brands or you know the you know the whole contactless payments evolve here in India. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, Chris, any thoughts? Because we know you talk about this a lot. So I've been kind of waiting for this moment to be very honest because I know NFC is valuable, <laughs> but I could not use it for such a long time. But let me clarify. As far as I am aware. This is actually enabled by Google in the GPA app. Okay, mm-hmm. so you guys have an NFC phone, and also one more correction on the at least the GPA app, you can go right now as it is updated. You can go to your settings and payment methods and add a card which is the Axis Visa credit or debit card, and only mm-hmm. Visa credit cards. So if you add these cards, you can make NFC payments even via your phone or mm-hmm. your Wear OS watches as well. Wherever NFC payments are supported, so this is the basis of it. So yeah, obviously, like this is the start. So I think 
Google enabled, and obviously there were a lot of licensing and you know security uh, stuff and a lot of permission stuff and companies involved, RPS and etc. Et but this is definitely a great step in the right direction. So I would definitely uh, expect other banks to step in, uh, given that this is going to be a good market for them, and this is kind of how they are, if you know how the banks function. So I expect a lot of banks to adopt to this. And it, I mean, it's a win for the consumers on for like at True. the end of the day. Yeah. So, extremely excited about it. But anyway, guys, if you have an access credit or debit card, which is a visa card or a SBI visa credit card, you can still use it right away. And I read about it. And coming to the topic that Titan is coming out with 3000 rupee watches. Excellent. I mean, like, yeah. yeah so like, if you actually think about it how exciting is it for that person who's actually you know trying to get a watch it's still a normal watch it looks like a normal watch that's a good metal build and stuff. it is a normal yeah so it has a normal metal build and stuff so instead of getting a watch of the same nature like an analog watch which has a good metal build at 4000 you can get this and it's exciting right you can pay up to 2000 just by tapping that watch and it's a new thing for you know an average consumer at least here in india so i feel like this is actually a great move like you know Okay, so basically, this is how we all sound like when we are very excited <laughs> and you just got to see Shreyas at optimum excitement. <laughs> so, on to the final topic, which will basically, I think, kill the excitement. At least it doesn't excite me at all. YouTube is rolling out YouTube shorts, shorts, and it's gonna be. Another TikTok clone. Yay. <laughs> and if you hear the sarcasm in my voice, <laughs> I just tweet it out someday because I'm I'm done with this. Moj, Takata, <laughs> like the names. No, I mean like why do we have yeah. No, uh, YouTube bringing out shots. Uh, one smart move they did with the marketing is both in Twitter and Instagram, they said that they, did you know that the first ever uh, you know, a uh, video which is put out on YouTube was 51 seconds long. So to pay a homage to that and also to stick with the trends, we are releasing something called as YouTube Shots. As you can upload stories up to one minute. They just related it somehow to something else to make sure to, you know, not get that, you know, a huge rant. But I feel like, you know, they are just a brand who are just adhering to uh, the trend, you know, the one minute video the short yeah. video trend this is entirely not like a tiktok thing you can see stories in uh, youtube right now the creators can use it and also some random creators can get access to it as or so i heard because i've seen some small creators also put up stories i, I don't know how basically but yeah now they're going full mainstream it's just you know stories there and i'm not sure if you have all the features like tiktok or something but I, basically i just feel they're just adhering to the trend if it doesn't work out, if people feel like it's actual, you know, uh, shit or they don't like it, they'll obviously take it back. But there's another thing to consider. Uh, I hope both of you know this. Uh, uh, US is banning TikTok and WeChat by September uh, 21st, I guess. We were talking about this and it's banned. Yeah, on Sunday, it's going to yeah, be banned. So, Guys. Yeah, so oh, that's yeah. there. So... Uh, some of the TikTokers in US, uh, uh, I've been following a few, so 
they have made the switch smartly enough just like how wine which was present where logan paul and you know david dobrik and all these people were they made the switch to youtube yeah uh, in the middle being smart that they knew that this was not really a stable platform like youtube so they made the switch they also had an account on youtube and they were posting that too and some of the major tiktokers on you know uh, the us platform also have done this but for the others yeah. i think this is like another thing they can look on to if they're not entirely into you know creating content for youtube at least there's still youtube shorts which they can try to use i guess but the tiktok ban in us is something which i'm really looking forward to because there's a lot of people who use tiktok there and some of them even post you know like informative uh, tiktoks like there's this scientist person who actually posts you know every day something related to chemicals and science so yeah i want to see how this works out and i mentioned this because you know youtube shorts can be something which can be a thing if they release it there too so yeah so this perspective was interesting and yeah i i get my intro was a bit weird but the bigger reason i couldn't like finish it off properly but the bigger reason is yes uh, the us side has banned tiktok and wechat for so sorry from 21st no 28th sunday whatever after sunday from monday so yeah 21st and it will be banned until they can figure out something and the leading per, like the brand that is trying to do the collab thing is oculus so hopefully it works out because rather than tiktok wechat is a big thing yeah, and like i was reading up it's one of the main modes of communication for those who are like living in china and have family in the us mm-hmm. so hopefully they at so thoughts on the wechat and tiktok ban I mean, I kind of saw it coming. It's nothing very surprising, yeah. to be very honest. And uh, given the trade wars we are seeing, it kind of makes sense. Number two, YouTube is just making the most of its opportunity because it helps a very smooth transition for the existing creators to their own platform. So it's like one door closes and the other one opens up. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, see the features in TikTok. Honestly speaking, this is my observation about TikTok. TikTok was not only a social media platform in my opinion because they had some things which were really amazing like if you see the effects and the transitions and how they came mm, to that yeah. point and how they made it very accessible to people like we spend hours in premiere pro or after effects putting in some transitions or effects in our videos and you mm. could just do it with two touches on your smartphone and that is the beauty of tiktok that is what also led to the popularity of tiktok and made it established as a very good you know software marvel as well in my opinion and not just software this was actually achieved by ai because it tracks human beings tracks objects stuff like that which we have to manually do on editing softwares being uh, making videos ourselves so in that way that is what tiktok's usp is but let's see the whole market is basically making short video content in a particular aspect ratio everybody is i tweeted out a few days ago that either everybody is trying to acquire tiktok or trying to be tiktok and <laughs> that's so true it's actually true like you <laughs> that's the news basically even in india you either see that you hear that uh, you know tiktok called uh, not called you know 
contacted Jio if they wanted to take the, you know, some kind of distribution or something. Uh, some kind of news came about that. Or is either the other apps like Moj or Takatak or whatever. <laughs> I can't remember how funny these names are. Really funny. Right. So, yeah. so that kind of ends the podcast side. So before we quit, this first of all, this is the longest episode we've done. And yes, it's just the third episode, but it seems we are getting like longer episodes as we go, and I kind of like that. But before we end, let's just talk about the content we like this week. So I'd like to start. Freeze uploaded another video, and again, his passion projects are just killer now. And his latest video is about how quarantine changed him. And yeah, the topic is good, and overall, the video quality, man, I just can't yeah. get over how good it is. Yeah. So then follow. Yeah, you were saying something. Sorry. Yeah, in my case, I also have Shreesh's content. It was really good. The video was really good. Other than that, uh, there were a lot of good uploads this week. I don't particularly remember a lot, but Shreesh's, uh, you know, upload was really great. On the podcast side, I think I think there was a podcast from you know uh, the digital type podcast, which got its name changed from technically speaking podcast by Jacqueline and. Dashkitani. Yeah, so yeah, a new interview with yeah. the different content creators. So that is also good. I keep yeah, that was I'm following that podcast that. and they're not getting to impress. So that was also good. So the major video content I can remember from this week, which left a mark, was you know she's content. And yeah, Anish she has also dropped a video, go check it out. It was also really great. So yeah. That basically concludes this episode of This Week in Tech. Hope you guys like this episode. Check out the content we liked. It'll be in the show notes, followed by Shreyas and Sudeep's channel. Definitely check out Sudeep's and Shreyas's video, especially Sudeep's video, which also featured this cute dog, Milo. And that was basically my week's highlight, I think. But yeah, check it out. And another thing that you guys can do, I forgot to tell you guys is, like, if you're on Anchor, you can leave voice messages for us, like, this is something that I Justine does, and I forgot to tell you guys about this because I do not tell people. About this. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you can leave like audio messages, as in like what you like about this uh, podcast or what uh, your feedback, and we can just check that out in the episode if you guys want. So try to leave that out. I'll check it out, and you can also follow the official Twitter handle, which is at the red BTSS pod where I keep uh, updating you guys about what's going on in the podcast thing. And that basically concludes this whole episode. Thanks for joining, Thanks guys. For joining people. Thanks for joining, guys. Catch you in the next podcast. Yeah, see you in the next one. Yeah. Bye. All right, we're done. Oof, okay.